everybody! To another episode of Jabroni Drive. My name is Tom Lavelle, and as always, I'm accompanied by Mr. Timothy Schmidt. On this week's episode, we'll be covering Money in the Bank, Seth versus Finn, Cody versus Dom, Roman, Solo versus the Usos, Men's Money in the Bank, Women's Money in the Bank, and Forbidden Door. Now that I've embarrassed myself in front of all my vacation neighbors, Timmy, you got anything you want to say? All the Schmidt Lavellites out there across the world. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Yep. Well, we have dozens of people here watching us. Oh. As you know from the Well, I don't think they're watching. Yeah. They're more listening. Like, and, uh, we just What are these two idiots doing? We just I mean, it's morning here, and we just kind of woke up the whole neighborhood. We are down in Seattle City, New Jersey, on vacation. Sold out. And uh, it is a jam-packed show we got going on. Top a lot to cover this week. And it's, uh, we're right on the beach. It's uh, it's not far from where uh, where the, uh, what, what, WrestleMania, what was it, down in Atlantic City? What Atlantic City, WrestleMania 2 and 3. 2 and 3 uh, Boom. took place. A little, yeah. little reference there. You didn't think Absolutely. I was doing there with that. No, I love that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we had a uh, wrestle. Wait, no, it wasn't two and three. Maybe it was two and four. <clears throat> I think it was two and four. You are the historian. You would know. But so, because I want to say three was uh, against uh, Andre the Giant, and I want to say that was at the uh, the Silver Dome. Well, there's there's plenty of people out in their decks enjoying a nice morning, a nice coffee, if you yeah, will. Yeah, a nice cup of coffee, trying to relax, unwind. Which is why I was laughing so hard, because uh, Tommy, uh, he... He took it to an extra octave when he's doing this, and we're on an enclosed street. And uh, I'll tell you what, people are looking at him a little crooked. Well, my apologies, but uh, they probably followers of the show anyway. Yeah, they know what we're doing. That's why they're out here listening. So, a lot to cover. First thing I want to do is talk about the history of this week, Tim. This is a huge week in the history of professional wrestling. Yesterday would have been the twenty-first anniversary of John Cena debuting in WWE, WWF at the time. Is this the Ruthless Aggression? This is Ruthless Aggression era. This is when he smacks Kurt Mr. Angle. Kurt Angle right in the face. Ruthless Aggression. And what a career he's had. You could argue he's on the Mount Rushmore of WWE. Certainly one of the best professional wrestlers in the history of WWF and of all time. Um, we had another big moment 12 years ago, Mr. CM Punk and the pipe bomb. That was 12 years ago yesterday. Now, this is probably in a time that you weren't really tuning in as much. Nope. <laughs> I I want to say something that might be a little bit controversial. You know my feelings on Mr. CM Punk and Maybe even so much what he said, I don't necessarily disagree with. The one thing I will always disagree with with CM Punk is his claim that he is, in fact, the best in the world. I don't ever think he's ever been the best in the world. I don't ever think he will be the best in the world. He's a draw because, you know, he knows how to play that right. For lack of a better, you know, he's a good a-hole, I will say. I'm trying not to curse as much on this show. But, uh... 
I, I don't think in ring he was ever that great. I think uh, he certainly doesn't have the look of uh, someone that could win in a fight. He could never beat like a Brock Lesnar in a real fight. You can never convince well, he, me. Didn't he go to MMA for a little yeah, while? Yeah, he went to UFC. Beat a bunch. Yeah, he didn't even land a punch. And I want to say <laughs> his matches probably combined were two minutes long. And, you know, and I'm not saying that, hey, respect that he got in the ring and was doing his thing. I'm sure he knew he was going to get destroyed. But I think in his mind, leading up to the MMA, he actually thought he was a real, like, tough guy that could beat up all these things. And, you know, wrestling, as much as we love it, we also know that it's scripted and predetermined. And I'm not saying he's not tough. He can take the blows. He can take the punches. He's jumped, you know. But he's not a fighter. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've seen him uh, in action only a handful of times. What I've seen from him in terms of, like, the recent stuff hasn't really been that impressive for me. He doesn't, like you said, he doesn't have the look. I mean, he's quite, he's, like, a little flabby. I know he's he's, yeah. he's somewhat athletic. um, But he does well on the microphone, right? He can, he can cut a promo. He does do very well on the microphone. <clears throat> One of the best, I will say that. He's very good, like. Not all time, but just, you know, he would like to say he's the best all time, but he's, he's, he's great on the mic, you know, and he uses, I think, his look to do that, like, and his, his attitude. I, you know, I tune in. Oh man, the UPS driver is about to take out that deck. Wow, that was tight. Oh boy. Uh oh. Oh. Okay. We almost had a, we almost had a match between a UPS truck and an infinity. <laughs> But he managed to work. Kudos to him. Right. Reminds me of one Jeffrey Fergus, you know, <laughs> with that move right there. Uh, I'm gonna listen to Jeff's got way more experience than this guy, you can tell. <laughs> but so yeah, he never really did it for me, obviously. And I will say that I think the pipe bomb is overrated. People talk about it like it's this amazing moment in WWE no, this history. Is, this Man. is the one where he sits at the top of the or does he sit in a ring? He sits at the top of the uh the Titan uh, right below the Titantron, right? Right between yeah. you know, cross crisscross applesauce. I did see I did see parts of this. Um wasn't really I mean the promo is fantastic is really good, but you never it goes on the verge of like, hey, is this real? Is it not real? And then, right. And he's dancing on that and on that line, which always makes great for storytelling you never know if it's real or if it's not real right ends up being real obviously he ends up getting fired or or no he was quits. he was yeah in the storyline he was he had a contract coming up he had a match against john cena for the belt and he said he was going to win and leave and they kind of play into that but he didn't go anywhere he was there but like you know i guess this is what kind of leads into like an aw wwe like he seems to always be having these issues on camera to where I think people believe that he's more of a problem off camera than he actually is, you know, and he does a great job of that, you know, and when he came back, it had been years. I listened to his podcast after he left WWE because as a fan of professional wrestling, we all have our issues with WWE, Correct. you know what I mean? And how they, they do storylines and stuff like that. So he played into that, like, you know, Nobody hates professional wrestling more than professional wrestling fans. As funny as that may sound, it's the truth. And like, we're always dissecting it, you know, Tim. And like, for example, the draft, mm -hmm. stuff like that. We're like, what are they doing? Where is this going? This is pointless, stupid, blah, blah, blah. 
And there was a lot more of that years ago in WWE, believe it or not. And so I guess him being the, the person that could bring that to light was, you know, he took advantage of that. And kudos to him. Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like him. Well, the problem is, I, I look, again, I, I haven't really seen most of his work. It Like you said, you already alluded to. Yeah, you know, there was an error there when I stopped watching wrestling, and that was probably the CM Punk error, um, for better or for worse. Uh, yeah, I always like the older stuff, and you know, it's more. It seems like it's it's come back around, and we're, we're getting a lot of better story storytelling and all that other stuff right now. And CM Punk is not part of WWE, which I think is probably a good thing. And I like to rant for just a little bit more. I feel like people will give these. So a big match this past weekend was Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Huge match. Forbidden Door and AEW is taken off. And all of this is great for professional wrestling. AEW success is great for AEW. It's also great for WWE because it's making them elevate their game. When there's comp- competition, makes things better. Back like, for, like with WCW and WWF back in the day. So they had this incredible match the other day. I feel like it's easier for as much as there's advantages to be in WWE and be a professional wrestler with this great platform. You can reach millions of people. It's the biggest platform out there. There's also an advantage to being in the indie. There's more things you can do. You can get away with. You're not the corporate, like big company that if you say something, it's like going to get you fired or canceled or do something like that. And you can be a little more edgy with your content, with the, the match and stuff like the, you know, the hitting and stuff like that, more adult, I guess, if you will, Tim. And I just, I don't think that, the marks for AEW or indie wrestling ever take knowledge of that. Like say that there, there's an art to being able to work in WWE and their platform. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. And so yeah. it's not really a fair setup in certain ways for the WWE wrestlers. Seth Rollins has to perform under a certain guidelines, you know, put those guidelines on a, on a CM Punk now or, you know, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega. Now it's going to, it's, it's tougher to do. Yeah. No, I, yeah. There's, there's certainly challenges out there and there's reasons why they're in their promo and, and Seth Rollins is where he's at. Right. I mean, they, they find success in different ways and different avenues. Um, you know, and we're seeing guys that have, have left the WWE and have gone down to the, to the, to the AEW. I call it going down because it feels more of like a minor league type Probably promotion, um, but have we? Are they having the success that that they thought they would when they left? They they talk about like having constraints right. that that you say, um, you know, when they're operating in the WWE and now they leave. Uh, I, the guy that comes to mind is um, who was in the Shield? What's his name? Oh, John Moxley. John Moxley used to it was say that, you know, he, aka Dean Ambrose. Yeah, his he, he felt you know pretty much limited in in the WWE. Maybe that was because of writing or booking or whatever that that may be but um plus he has a bit more of a hardcore character where he's having these like hardcore matches over there which you know as ecw fans growing up we definitely appreciate that you know but it's not like i he was never john moxley never did it for me you know what i mean i never really bought into his you know lunatic fringe kind of thing oh I'm, i'm crazy you know like all right you know like Ken Shamrock used to do that back in the day too. And it wasn't like he didn't have the the substance behind it to make you either like the character as much or, um, 
you know, be really invested. Can you get me invested in well, the you, match? You know who was crazy? The Berserker. The Berserker. <laughs> he said, oh, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, like the true crazy characters are, I mean, like, take a look at Mick Foley. That dude's out of his mind. Right. A Sabu. Completely nuts. Like, Sabu, nuts. Like, these guys, yeah. you, they didn't call themselves crazy. They just were. Exactly. Like, Show us. Don't be don't don't talk about it. Be about it. Talk is cheap. <laughs> so Tim, one more thing to cover in. And if you haven't checked out the Kenny Omega Will Ospreay match, do go check it out. Very good match. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. A lot of incredible spots in there. The fans were great. Go go watch that. If you're trying to take your fandom to the next level and you don't tune into that stuff, go check it out. So Another day, this is a big day in the history of professional wrestling, Tim. May, almost a where were you moment. Mm. You ready for this? June 28th, 1998, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. One, Hell in the Cell match oh. between Mankind and The Undertaker. Fitting that we're recording today on the anniversary. Tim, were, were you watching that match live? So that was 98, and I should have been watching it. I should have been watching that live. I don't know why I wasn't, but I remember like like doing everything I could to find video or to you know, VHS anything, anything I could to see that actual match after I heard about it. Um everyone was talking about. It. I remember being in in school on Monday and it was just everything everyone was talking about. Actually, it wasn't in school because it was in June. The pool or something. Someone you know? I remember people talking about it though, like in my friend friend groups and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was just hard, you know, video and stuff like that was was hard to come by of a match that you know just happened the day before, unless someone right. recorded it. And... Also, you had to pay fifty bucks for these things yeah. back in the day. Yeah, you would have to. That go, was more money. Your buddy would have to, and hopefully, recorded it right. Yeah, know? right. Like, there yeah. Was, the tracking was good on the VCR yes. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh one of the matches that probably forever changed the expectations of what Hell in a Cell actually is. Um broke all sorts of boundaries in terms of what can actually be done right you know with this type of match and uh holy shit dude I mean it, it you talk about carnage. We just talked about Mick Foley being crazy. Um, I've seen so many different um, biographies and documentaries on, on this. And uh, yeah, some of the stuff that, that happened during the match is just like was unscripted. And it's just, it's just two guys just kind of going through a, a match that they've really never right. Been, been it, it was, I would say, because there's a lot of things. It was a different cage back then, the cell, you know. They almost they almost fell through it walking on it. And to start the match on top of the on top of the cell, that was uh Terry Funk's idea, by the way. And, you know, it's just it's the match I would say that is the most memorable, most no, like famous match probably in WWE history. You know? I would say like uh well I guess that's tough, but it's right there, you know. If, if when people people that don't even know wrestling, you know, will have heard about that match. It's a very superfly snooker off the top of the the cage match where you think like mankind 
is one of the biggest stars of all time, Mick Foley in WWE, but he's not a stone cold. He's not a rock. He never crossed over into any like, you know, movie platform, whatever. But people know of that match and they're a casual fan and kind of the common person have heard of that match. And there's, there's so many different pieces, memorable pieces about that match too. Like, Everyone remembers him getting thrown off, you know, the the side of the of the actual cell. Yeah, a lot of people forget that. Yeah, you know, wasn't there tax involved too? Oh yeah, the choke slam through the top of the cell, yep. which actually was the worst bump of the of the match, and that's what knocked him unconscious and then put the tooth Too through his lip. Yep. Then the the tax at the end, not to mention all the backdrops onto you know, the, the steps where his legs hit the steps and, and different, you know, tombstones and, and all, all, all sorts of things that happened. And a, a fun fact, that wasn't the last match of the night. Stone Cold then fought Kane in a first blood match and actually lost to Kane that night um, at, uh, at the hell at King of the Ring. And he lost to Kane in the first blood match. Mankind came out for that match to interfere because Undertaker came out to interfere. Then Mankind came out and interfered. Like it was to to have that match and then also interfere in the match after that. I mean, yeah. that's what made Foley who he was, and that's where he he took off and became maybe the most likable wrestler of the uh, at the time. And I think um, just from hearing the documentary stuff on that match. If I remember correctly, correct, and if I'm wrong, let me know, Tom. But I, I thought Vince was very um, apprehensive in how that match developed. Well, he said to him, as soon as the match ended. Now, this is if if for those of you not listening, this is or for those of you that don't know, this was right in the middle of the WCW, the the Monday Night Wars. Okay, so this was huge stakes on the line a match like this had never really happened nowadays you've seen the clips of this match and people have done things and there's different you know we we've gone to all the extremist limits this was all new to see after the match vince mcmahon came up to mick foley and said to him mick i appreciate what you did but don't ever do that again because he he knew he knew what mick had done in his sacrifice of him of his life basically to to help the company put over the, they yeah. needed to put it over they needed to you know the stake <clears throat> the stakes were as high as they could get so you know he said i appreciate what you did but never do that again and vince mcmahon is a is a person for whatever you want to say about him he won't ask you to do something he isn't willing to do himself so <clears throat> he will he's gone off the top of a, of a cage through a table in the the valentine's day massacre you know he he's done some crazy things as well but yeah that is something that vince was not really in love with the idea of you know whether being he's a good guy or the liability or whatever it's just you know you, you could point it to a different a bunch of different ways all right tim so big pay-per-view coming up this weekend Money in the bank, and we're gonna we're gonna preview some of the things. And we talked about making our predictions yes, this we did. week. Yep, yep. So the first match I want to talk about: Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. This is for the WWE Heavyweight Championship. I've been really liking the build. I thought there was a nice vignette with uh, 
Finn Balor this week talking about they played clips mm. of when he got hurt and the comeback and and something that I had forgotten about after he said, hey, I'm injured. I'm going to have to drop the belt. He was walking off. Cue Seth Rollins music. He comes out and laughs in his face. And I was like, wow, what a great, you know, long term storytelling thing to to bring up. They show the clip of him coming out and he does that, you know, maniacal Seth Rollins laugh. And um, I really like the build for this, Tim. I'm starting to lean towards Finn Balor possibly winning this match. Mm. What what are your thoughts? There's a couple a couple things that really are are pushing. I I hear what you're saying. I think he can't take the belt off of of Seth Rollins. So I'm taking Seth in this match. Number one, that's my prediction. Um, just to elaborate on what your thoughts are on this match, I can see how they can put the strap on on Baylor because the judgment day certainly needs a lot more credibility than just having mommy with a belt. Um, I also think it sets up a nice little storyline with him and possibly Damian Priest. And I know we'll probably get into that when, when his match comes up. Right. But I feel like there's, there's going to be some sort of, uh, development with with the Judgment Day, and I feel as if you know those guys. Uh, I feel like there's going to be some sort of fallout, maybe fallout or... with 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 uh, Judgment Day and and one of the members, and and I think that's the best way to go about it. So, if I'm going to entertain the thought the thought of Balor actually winning that match, I think it's it's due to other storylines that have to happen too. So it's all predicated upon that so we'll we'll see how that plays out right it's almost like if wwe is going to be pushing the judgment day then balor wins and priest gets the money in the bank right and mm-hmm. then they have that whole storyline where you have a guy with the championship in the same faction with a guy that has the money in the bank contract to cash in so huh we've been talking about and they've really been building a fin but if he loses i mean he's basically like See ya. You know what I mean? Like, if he loses this match, it's almost like, all right, well, Finn, what are you going to do now? You're not going to get a, another match, are you? Well, like, we, we keep on seeing, right, it, it feels like Finn Balor has been has been really the the catalyst for, for that, for the Judgment Day, right? He's the leader, right? He's the guy that, that kind of dictates everything. And if he does lose, maybe they go in a direction of, you know, he's the one that ends up leaving Judgment Day, right? Because, right. you know, we got Seth Rollins pushing, you know, how he's not the same Finn Balor that he used to be, right? And, you know, he's been with Judgment Day, and maybe maybe this loss creates, you know, a spark in him. I mean, it seems like it's, it's, it's kind of turned his character around a lot over the course of the last three weeks, four weeks. Um, and we've seen a different Finn Balor, but... Does that transition into you know, the old Finn Balor? Who knows? Huh. Well, interesting to see. I'm going to say, oh, man, because they just had Seth on the show. You know what I mean? Like, he's just on on ESPN First Take, and it's like they're starting to promote this guy. He, they just got this new belt. You feel like people have been holding the straps for a while, and all the other belts have been held for a while. Yeah. It's like they can't just take it off him now. Could they possibly have him lose? And then have the rematch at SummerSlam, and he wins it back. 
I could see what if he loses to Finn Balor, Damian Priest wins the Money in the Bank rematch at SummerSlam. He beats Finn Balor. Damian Priest comes out, cashes in his Money in the Bank, and becomes a champ. And now you have the the Finn Balor, Damian Priest, yeah. like that was my belt. Now you took. Yeah, yeah, I think it certainly can go in that direction. I think I think the the more the more I think now what we're talking about it, the more you know Finn Balor wins this, I think the better off. Yeah, the more storylines can come from it. Right. So it might be advantageous for for them to put that that belt on the Finn Balor. Should we book it? Should we just say we think Finn Balor is going to win it? I mean, you stick with your prediction. I'm going with Finn. I'm sticking with mine. I'm going with Finn because I just feel like he has to – they have to have some gold, and that just creates a lot of – like you said, there's a million different ways to go if Finn wins. If Seth wins, okay, who's going to be fighting Seth next? And yeah. who's he going to beat next? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can have Seth come back and you get Seth a big match at SummerSlam too still if he if I, he loses. I do think this is the only promotion or the PLE that all members of the Judgment Day are wrestling. Wow. It's been a, I mean – did uh did Damien not have a, a match at WrestleMania? No. Wow. So let's move on. Speaking of uh the judgment day, we're gonna have Cody Rhodes versus Finn or Cody Rhodes versus Dom Dom, everyone's favorite, Dangerous Dom, Dangerous. as I like to call him. Um predictions for I think this is an easy one. I think Cody wins and he's getting ready to to go against Brock Lesnar again at uh SummerSlam. SummerSlam. I feel like it's going to be an entertaining match. Um, I feel like Dom will get his chance to showcase. I, I, we, we've talked about how he's come up and, and gotten better and better and better. And I feel like this is going to be another chance for him to, it, it's okay if he loses and, you know, Cody's the face. You keep him winning. Yeah. Um, we're looking at both characters uh, again. I, I still think, yeah, they're, they're going to push this this storyline with the judgment day. Um, I think they're all tied together. Um, I, I certainly don't think that Dom's going to win this one, but yeah, I know Damian priest was getting upset about people getting involved in his matches and stuff like that. We saw that a little bit, um, but I think this is a straight mommy Dominic deal here. Cody Rhodes will end up winning this, winning this one clean. Um, I mean, he still has, he still has that advantage of having that titanium brace on, which I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and thank God we got, you know, we got the, the explanation about why Brock Lesnar attacked him <laughs> and it's all starting to make sense for me now. So uh, I can see that storyline kind of unfolding with, as you said, Brock, you know, and, and Cody, in a third rematch, especially with the explanation now, right now that we got it, you know, there's <laughs> going to be a lot more motivation for Cody to go into WrestleMania and take out Brock, especially with that that titanium forearm that he's got. So, so if you're listening, obviously we're being sarcastic about that. There's been no explanation, which is what we briefly touched on earlier. The frustration of a professional wrestling fan. Hopefully, they give us some answers on that. I we both agree. Cody wins this match. Dom gets to show out a little bit. Maybe we'll see Dom later in the show in a different match. All right, so we've got the Roman and Solo versus the Usos Civil War match. 
This is going to be a great match. Um, I'm predicting this will be the match of the night. Ooh. Um, just because you have all the pieces in there. You've got the mega star. Well, not the mega star. The 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 biggest star in the in the in the biz right now, Roman Reigns, the the undisputed champion. You got the Usos, who in my opinion are the best tag team in the world. Solo, the family ties, the storyline, everything like that. There's going to be a lot on the lines. My prediction: Usos. Ooh. See, I I'll make my prediction first. Okay, I think Roman and and Solo win this one. Uh, no one has pinned. No one has pinned. Roman Reigns in what two two years three years or whatever how three years three years uh solo himself pop quiz who's the last person to pin Roman Reigns I, I think it was uh Jake the Snake right <laughs> Mr. Baron Corbin oh really wow. yeah how about that um the lone wolf the lone wolf and solo I think has only been pinned once so I just don't see it happening for the Usos um, as much momentum as they have right now turning against Roman I think uh, you know they'll get a, a taste of the bloodline that they used to they used to belong to and uh, they're going to get their asses beat I think there's going to be some some fallout afterwards where you have Roman and, Sol- and Solo take out some ruthless aggression if you will on these guys chair shots stuff like that I can see some uh, you know some some tables involved. And oh, yeah. Things it's going to get change. nasty, this match. Down and dirty, I think there's going to be some weapons and stuff like that, like you're saying, using the tables, maybe some chair shots, stuff like that. Tim, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going Roman and Solo, and I think the show ends with the Usos being beat down yep. and like left lying dead in the ring. Maybe there's an introduction of a new member to the bloodline. Maybe there's Paul Heyman you know, helps give give Solo or Roman a, a weapon or something like Kendo that. Stick. Something along those lines. And I, I've hoped for and I'm predicting a um, casino type moment, like we've mentioned in shows in the past, where they're beating down Jay or Jimmy and watch making Jay watch and then ultimately beat down um, Jay as well. So then they're just left lying in the ring, walk out, Roman has the belts and Solo has, uh, you know, his back as as the champs that have won. The kind of an Empire Strikes Back moment. What I will be very disappointed in is if we see that happen and we see KO and Sami Zayn come out because I feel like they they got to get away from that right now. They have to be done. Maybe maybe they can do something to say like to get them out of the way. Let me one second. So yeah, I think that's that's really kind of the way that they should go in that direction. I mean, stay away from the KO stuff. Stay away from um, stay away from bringing Sami Zayn back into that mix. Um, yeah, they don't need any saving. Let's just let that storyline play itself out. There have been rumors now of a. Now this is a this is a this is one that's kind of out there. Austin Theory's been missing from uh from TV basically. He hasn't been on the show much, and I haven't seen him. Another wrestler that hasn't been around is Drew McIntyre. The show's in England. Maybe we see him. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later. But there's been rumors of Austin Theory joining the Bloodline. That's quite the theory. 
<laughs> see what but I did right there. I would like to see someone come out and get involved. I feel like they need a third member. And of course, they can't call it the bloodline if it's not someone from their family. But I wouldn't mind seeing someone else come out, get into the fold of this storyline, not involving a KO, not involving a Sami Zayn, and help like Roman, Paul. Paul has recruited someone to help Roman now. He needs a new right-hand man or he needs a new, you know, some like enforcer type with, with Solo. I wouldn't mind them maybe bringing someone up or adding someone to the mix to help them win and then the beatdown of the Usos. Hmm. Is there anyone else that would qualify in that in that kind of role? Maybe like a Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. Or even a Baron Corbin. Maybe the Lone Wolf. You could do a Baron Corbin. What about a Braun Breaker? Oh, uh, there was a little tease last night. Did you see that? No. Ooh. On NXT at the end of the show, he was in Shawn Michaels' office and he was freaking out. And uh, he comes out of the office, the camera's on him, and, he, and they yell at him or he yells at the camera like, everything okay? And he goes, you'll find out next week. Teaser. Yeah, well, nice little teaser. I wonder if there's someone. I mean, now The Rock's daughter is in NXT and she's coming up on a, uh, I think, in a faction, you know. Moana? Yeah, it's Moana. <laughs> uh, but we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I would like to see someone else joining um, Roman and Solo so they have another another badass character out there to, to help them. All right. So, men's money in the bank match. Tim. I think we're both in agreement on this one. I I I think we are, but we'll we'll see who we got. It's gonna be L A night. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go with I'm I'm you know what I'm going in on the bloodline storyline. I think like this is where WWE's gonna go. Um, I'm gonna shock the world and say that it's going to be. Mr. Damian Priest winning Money in the Bank. Now, the entrants are Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, Logan Paul, and... I'm uh, Yeah, so, like, look, the obvious choice and he, who has the most momentum right now is, is LA Knight. In my opinion, I think no one better, though, could d- deserve a push like Butch. <laughs> Bush has been. I mean, he has suffered oh, storyline after storyline. Just that you, you're just you're on the edge of your seat every time every he's time out there. He you're comes saying, out. What Butch got? Yeah, been, like you know, this guy has just been incredible with the way he's been in that. Yeah, that whole uh, <laughs> what's what the brawling, brawling brutes. brutes? Yeah, and uh, yeah, they've done exceptional work. He's actually not a bad wrestler, but no, he's we're not not like. Obviously, we're we're joking around. It's not really a knock on Butch, but he hasn't been a major player in any real storyline. Feels like a throw in, like a little like, hey, we'll get, we'll put you, throw you a little seat. You're from the area. You're yeah. gonna be in the Money in the Bank contract. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I don't see. I see the ri- Ricochet Shinsuke. Uh, what about a Bronson Reed joining the Bloodline? Sorry, that just kind of no, that's not bad. Popped into my head. You know, now you got Bronson Reed with with uh. Solo and Roman. I mean, that's some meat. Well, look, some they, big meaty so meat. Here, here's the thing: we were talking about like, well, yeah, you can't really have someone join the bloodline, but like, same as Zayn was in the bloodline. Honorary use. So, 
Um, but that would be tough to kind of go back into that angle. Like you go to be that honorary goose and like he handled that so well with his comedic influence and you know, his uh the way he the way he really kind of developed yeah uh into that that whole storyline. But um what were we talking about? Oh uh LA Knight. So yeah, I, I mean I I really think that LA Knight is the clear choice. Um he yeah, there's he's been doing a lot of uh, publicity over the course of the last couple of weeks, a lot of different like podcasts he's been on. Right. And, um, yeah. They're talking about yeah his story where, you know, he was kind of in development. He went over to uh, TNA for a little while, right. He was a champion over there and decided to take a pay cut and come back to the WWE for a bigger and better future. They were talking about maybe possibly him being a manager because he was a little older uh, and he's found his niche. He's as hot as they come right now in terms of any any superstar, I would say, uh, in wrestling. Right. Um, he's yeah. one. I mean, right now when I turn on the TV, Tim, he's right up there. He yeah. might be the number one guy when he comes out for, you know, I'm like, oh, finally, you know. And maybe it's that want to have him have that storyline. Yeah. And he's not. Listen, it's not where, you know, the glass breaks and it's stone cold and, yeah, everyone's going crazy. But. I mean, it's building. He's it's building. He, he's certainly building up, and uh, you know he's got an opportunity really to take advantage of it. And if WWE knows right, and they do right by him, they'll push him in that direction. I'm not saying giving them the belt right now, but giving them an opportunity to perform on the highest level. That's what you got to see. Um, you got to see him in a in a big match, and that was taken away from him. I think when they had him tied into that Bray Wyatt storyline, and Bray Wyatt disappeared from TV for personal reasons again. Um, yeah, and that kind of fell flat, which is a shame because it seemed like it had a lot of momentum. Um, yeah, each week we're wondering what the hell's going on with this guy, you know. Yeah. Uh and so we'll see. We'll see. I hopefully hopefully they tie him into, you know, this this money in the bank and he cashes in at some point. I like that they, they're trying to keep him a heel. I like that, you know, he's sticking true to his roots of what got him there. And, uh, you know, just let the crowd kind of take it from there. You know, he doesn't have to do anything different. Just be himself the way he has. And hopefully it creates more. Okay. This is what I'm going with this. Okay. Ricochet and Shinsuke, they're going to have their, they, they've had their feud. They're still fighting back and forth. And you have Bronson Reed involved in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you got Escobar and Butch, who kind of, I would say, the the wrestlers that are thrown in. They're going to do some entertaining stuff, but I'm not necessarily expecting them to really make any real noise from this show. I'm going to go with Damian Priest wins it. Dom Dom comes out and helps him win. Okay? I am going to say this sparks a major feud between Logan Paul and L.A. Knight. And that leads to a match at SummerSlam, Logan Paul versus L.A. Knight at SummerSlam. And this is the beginning of their feud. Quickly, will will those Money in the Bank matches take place before the championship matches? Yes. they Sometimes they start with the Money in the Bank match. So could you theoretically see Damian Priest winning? I mean, how often does it cash in on the same night? How often? It's not uh, all the time, but it's happened five times, six times. Could you see, like, in- including the women's? You know, it's it's right. happened that. Uh, but could you, know. you could you see Damian Priest winning 
and then cashing in on Finn Balor? I could. I could like totally Royce, see like that. if some Finn Balor wins. Yes. That I, would, that would be kind of that would be kind of that would be kind of crazy. Cuz then you have I mean that you know, but then you're getting Damian Priest versus Finn Balor at SummerSlam for the heavyweight championship match, you know. Which whatever, if that's where they're going, I I I you know, we've talked about how Priest has done a good job when he was with Bad Bunny, you know, he, he did a great job with Bad Bunny and Finn Balor obviously with the no, staples in his head. I'm saying Finn Balor wins right. against Seth, Seth Rollins. And then Damian Priest cashes in again. Same night. Yeah. Not not WrestleMania. Right. Same night. Well, I'm just saying, like, they've both been they've both been coming like Damian Priest has elevated himself over the last couple pay-per-views. Finn Balor, his character has been elevated these last couple weeks. He did the staples in his head at WrestleMania back. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, is that where, I guess the big question is, is where is WWE going with all of this? That is a truly accelerated storyline. If that's the the right, the route they go. Right. That's like, all right, let's just throw it all together. Like throw the kitchen sink at him. You know? Yeah, like I feel like if you have Damian Priest win and you have Finn Balor win, you want those those weeks of tension there. There's already been tension building between those two, right, yeah. and then now next thing you know, fair point. Finn Balor gets beat down on Monday Night Raw, and it's like excellent point. You're oh, right again, and you know that the torn. I have this contract. He's down. I could cash in right now, but he's in my team. You know, you know. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. Real quick, what what does our friend Rob Dis think about uh that whole money in the bank situation? Did you get his opinion? On that? I haven't gotten his opinion yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll be getting it via text. You know, the jabronis are always uh they're always texting about different shows. I mean, he's invested. Yeah, he is, and I love to see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're invested. He's a true friend of the show. True friend of the show, way more than someone that we had referenced earlier who's just a delivery driver yeah you know just a guy he's a fake fake jabroni rob's an honorary jabroni yeah you know so women's money in the bank match we got becky lunch as i like to call her Mm. zoe stark bailey io sky trish stratus and zelina vega timmy who do you have coming out of this one i'm a big uh, i'm a big fan of uh selena vega um she she put on a great match uh at Backlash. Uh, Backlash. Yeah. Um her work's been pretty good. The LWO actually has been getting yeah, some 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 pub yeah. lately. They've been they've been put uh pushed to the forefront. Ray Mysterio, obviously uh part of that whole situation. Escobar's in the money in the bank men's match. Um so I feel like you know Selena's She's got an opportunity here to kind of, I mean, it'll be so tired to put the, the bell back or the give Becky Lynch the, the money in the bank. And, and I do not want Becky Lynch. And honestly, it. Trish Stratus, I'm, I'm so tired of the Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus thing. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of like, that's like the biggest feud we got going on right now in WWE. Well, second biggest, I guess, besides the bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what else is going on in the WWE besides that? Uh, you know, you know, you got the bloodline, Cody and uh and um Brock, you know. Yeah, but this is every week we're seeing it. Yeah, I know. We're seeing it every single week with the Trish Stratus stuff, and it's like, all right, dude. The the uh, maybe Trish Stratus if they're gonna make Zoe Stark 
you know, the next thing, maybe she put puts her over somehow. Some I was going to say Zoe Stark. Yeah. I was thinking Zoe Stark maybe comes out of this with the win. I, I, I do want it to see someone different. I like the idea of a Zelina Vega win in it. I think that's pretty sweet. And you can have her walking around with the LWO talking about ca- mm-hmm. cashing in. But I don't want to see the same olds. I don't want to see a Becky Lynch. I don't want to see Bailey. Um, people have talked about Aya Sky. Now she has the history with uh with Asuka, you know, they're both um you both know Asian, Asian descent. descent. Yeah. And there's been several promos where they're speaking to each other. And so I would say that might be interesting because then you could have a cash in at night, you know, Aya Sky, you got you got uh Charlotte going against Asuka. But I, I'm gonna go with Zoe Stark. I've been impressed with her her in-ring stuff like she seems pretty strong she seems pretty uh pretty in- intimidating person I, I would like her carrying around the money in the bank and kind of get some new uh some new blood into this we can't keep going with the baileys the becky lynch's and and the trish stratuses i don't think Bailey, I, i'm so over bailey being a heel yeah she needs to try something new all right so not last match we're going to talk about here we're going to talk about mr gunther Versus the bro, Matt Riddle. What are your predictions for this match? And do do you think this is going to be a match that helps elevate Matt Riddle? Because Gunther, you know, he's gonna it's going to be hard hitting, and you're going to be able to see Matt Riddle like, you know, can he take that type of punishment? Can he bounce back from it? This has helped wrestlers throughout the history of professional wrestling. I, I reference it all the time when Mick Foley and Triple H had their matches it really put triple h over as a guy that was wow this this guy and helped elevate him can this be something that elevates matt riddle we talked about like different styles of wrestling and um with gunther before and riddle has a different style than some of the other guys that he's faced but it doesn't seem to slow gunther down with the way he he attacks and the way he you know the way he wrestles in ring um it's going to be an elevated match. Uh, we've seen that time and time again with different opponents. Uh, I really hope that Gunther comes out with the W here, uh, just because I don't like Riddle barefoot in a ring. <laughs> yeah. Well, and <laughs> Gunther is so great, you know, like he really like that, that intercontinental champion. Like I could see someone wanting to cash in on Gunther because he's going to break the record if he wins this match, which I think he's going to. He's going to break the record for the longest time with the Intercontinental Championship belt. And that makes it like, you know, a very memorable moment in professional wrestling history sure. is when the Ultimate Warrior came running out against um, the Honky Tonk Man. So I think like you get that kind of moment where if I see LA Knight win, I would love. For LA, could you imagine an LA Knight Gunther feud? LA Knight cashes in, you know, at, after SummerSlam. Not like the pop would be uh, that would, that would out be, of this world. No, that that's something we haven't seen. I would love to see that. You know, and it's like he he maybe LA Knight's doing something, and and you you start you know planting the seeds of Gunther and them kind of sure. you know treating him like shit. Yeah, and then he comes out and cat like that. You know, Gunther's beat down. He just got through a match with Sheamus, and he's like out of it, and blah blah blah. Yeah. And all these L A night, sure. and he comes running out. So I, you know, Gunther wins this match. I think it helps elevate Riddle in and show you know 
that he's back. His his issues off the uh, out, out of the ring are kind of behind him, hopefully, and he can move on from anything there. Timmy, before we get signed off, is there anything that you'd like to say? No, I just, uh, you know, it's good to be in person with you, Tom. You know, it's, it's, we make a hell of a tag team, you know? Oh, man. And, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad to see you, you know, in, in the flesh. In the flesh. You know, we weren't able to, you know, pull off any of our, uh, finishing moves, but, you know, we're, I think we're really delivering here. The crowd masses, they love us. I know the neighbors certainly enjoyed my intro. Um, my wife has certainly enjoyed me stepping away from the kids for a couple hours you've, got, and you've gotten quite the pop you're so over right now. i'm over with i'm over with the fam after uh and if, if you listen to schmidt and lavelle you'll know what we're talking about tom is over with the fam you know what i'm thinking about doing tonight we're headed to ocean city tonight better pay for dinner i'm paying for dinner <laughs> right we're getting mango mancos it's gonna be on me oh yeah you're really you're really spending big bucks there Pizza's on me. Heck, thinking, I'll throw in ice cream. Thinking maybe a trip to the lobster house. The rides, steaks. Oh yeah. Maybe steaks tomorrow. Please. Well, Tim, my birth, my actual birthday is tomorrow. So, I will say that, you know, like when I got messed up on my 40th birthday party, the following day was Father's Day. I plan these episodes pretty well. Can you be mad at a guy whose birthday it is? You know, if anyone can be. It's my wife. (laughs) But we appreciate you listening. If you like what we're doing, tell your friends. Honestly, we've been getting a lot of good feedback on our show, Schmidt Lavelle, and Jabroni Drive. People are liking the wrestling content. Wrestling is maybe as hot as it's ever been. We love you. We appreciate you listening. Until next time, hasta luego.